Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman Ram Rebbe Ram Goldar, and today we're Zechus Nadarim Daf Ein Alf, the tenth parak Nara Marasa. So the three types we're going to focus on. Number one, the next mission states Nadravihia Rusa Nizkarshubobiyom. She vowed as an Arusa and was divorced on that day. Nizarsubobiyom Afiula Meid. Then she was betrothed again, even to a hundred men successively. Avia Ubaha Acharon Mafirinidareha. Her father and last husband may jointly revoke her Nadarim. The mission concludes with a rule. As long as she has not left the domain of her father through Bagris or Nisuin, her father and last husband may jointly revoke her Nadarim. The run explains that the mission says she was remarried on that day because the mission speaking where one party heard about the netter, as Gemara will explain, and if she did not remarry until the next day, the silence of the hearing party would constitute Hakama of the netter. The source for this ruling that the second Arus can revoke Nadarim made as another husband's Arusa emerges from the Gemara below, discussing Shmuel's statement. Point number two, the Gemara asks, From where do we know that the last husband may even revoke Nadarim that were fit for the first husband to revoke, meaning he heard about them? The run explains that Shmuel, who's actually the one posing this question, had a tradition that the Mishnah is even discussing a case but the Arus is the one who heard the neder, thus requiring that she got remarried that day, as above, and although they came under his jurisdiction, the second Arus may still revoke them. Shmuel provides a source, And if she will be married to a man, and her nedarim are upon her, this implies even nedarim that were upon her from before can be revoked by the second husband. The more asks that perhaps this is only for nedarim which were never heard, by the first Arus, but those heard by the first Arus would not fall to the second Arus. The Gemara answers that the word Aleha upon her is extra and teaches that any Nadarim that were on her can be revoked by the second Arus. The Gemara supports Shmuel's position from Abraisa. And point number three, the Gemara inquires, Gerashin Kashtika Damya o Kahakama Damya. Is divorce equal to silence or Hakama? The Gemara explains that since the husband is aware that by divorcing her, he will not be able to revoke her Nadarim, divorcing her without revoking her Nadarim, may be tantamount to a kama of her Nadarim, similar to silence for a full day. The Gemara explains the practical outcome of this inquiry. In a case where she vowed, and her husband heard, and he divorced her and remarried her on the same day. If the divorce is like silence, he may now again revoke her Nadarim, but if it's akin to a kama, he can no longer revoke them. The run notes that it is immaterial if he remarried her or someone else remarried her. The Rosh adds that the inquiry bears relevance even in the case where no one remarried her, whether the father can revoke the netter after she's divorced. So once again, the three points are number one. The next mission states, Nadra vihi arusa nisgarsha bobayom. She vowed as an arusa and was divorced on that day. Nisarsa bobayom afila mea. Then she was betrothed again even to a hundred men successively. Avi ubala acharon mefirin nidareo. Her father and last husband may jointly revoke her nidarin. The mission concludes with a rule. As long as she has not left the domain of her father through Bagris or Nisuin, her father and last husband may jointly revoke her Nadarim. The run explains that the mission says she was remarried on that day because the mission speaking where one party heard about the netter, as Gemara will explain, and if she did not remarry until the next day, the silence of the hearing party would constitute Hakama of the netter. The source for this ruling that the second Arus can revoke Nadarim made as another husband's Arusa emerges from the Gemara below, discussing Shmuel's statement. Point number two, the Gemara asks, From where do we know that the last husband may even revoke Nadarim that were fit for the first husband to revoke, meaning he heard about them? The run explains that Shmuel, who's actually the one posing this question, had a tradition that the Mishnah is even discussing a case 
but the Arus is the one who heard the neder, thus requiring that she got remarried that day, as above, and although they came under his jurisdiction, the second Arus may still revoke them. Shmuel provides a source. And if she will be married to a man, and her nedarim are upon her. This implies even nedarim that were upon her from before can be revoked by the second husband. The more asked that perhaps this is only for nedarim which were never heard by the first Arus, but those heard by the first Arus would not fall to the second Arus. The Gemara answers that the word Aleha, upon her, is extra and teaches that any Nadarm that were on her can be revoked by the second Arus. The Gemara supports Shmuel's position from Abraisa. And point number three, the Gemara inquires, Gerashin Kashtika Damya o Kahakama Damya. Is divorce equal to silence or Hakama? The Gemara explains that since the husband is aware that by divorcing her, he will not be able to revoke her Nadarm, divorcing her without revoking her Nadarm, may be tantamount to a kama of her nadarim, similar to silence for a full day. The Gemara explains the practical outcome of this inquiry. In a case where she vowed, and her husband heard, and he divorced her and remarried her on the same day. If the divorce is like silence, he may now again revoke her nadarim, but if it's akin to a kama, he can no longer revoke them. The run notes that it is immaterial if he remarried her or someone else remarried her. The Rosh adds that the inquiry bears relevance even in the case where no one remarried her, whether the father can revoke the nether after she's divorced. Alright, so now we go to our Simmer Daf Ein Aleph, and this sim was suggested to us by Sammy Rubin from London. He suggested that Ein Aleph is a donkey going E-aw. A donkey going E-aw. Ein Aleph. E-aw. So here goes. The donkey driver who came to pick up his poor daughter, who vowed as an Arusa, and then was divorced and betrothed and divorced a hundred times that day heard her last arus be made for her nadarim that the first arus could have revoked, because he was concerned that a divorce might be equal to a hakama, and he might remarry her that day. Once again, it's a motion. The donkey driver, donkey driver, that must be learned off, ein alaf, e-aw. The donkey driver who came to pick up his poor daughter, who vowed as an arusa, and then was divorced and betrothed, and divorced a hundred times that day, which reminds us, the next mission states, Nadra vi arusa, nisar yom, she vowed as an arusa, and was divorced on that day, nisar yom, afilu amea, and then she was betrothed again, even to a hundred men successfully, avia ubawa acharon mefirin in the rea. Her father and last husband may jointly revoke her nadarim. So, the donkey driver who came to pick up his poor daughter, who vowed as an Arusa, and then was divorced and betrothed and divorced a hundred times that day, would heard her last Arus be made for her Nadarim, that the first Arus could have revoked, which reminds us, the Gemara asks, where do we know that the last husband may even revoke Nadarim that were fit for the first husband to revoke? Shmuel provides a source, and if she would be married to a man, and her Nadarim are upon her. This implies even the darn that were upon her from before can be revoked by the second husband. So the donkey driver who came to pick up his poor daughter, who vowed as an Arusa, and then was divorced and betrothed and divorced a hundred times that day, heard her last Arus be made for her Nadarim, that the first Arus could have revoked, because he was concerned that divorce might be equal to a Hakama, and he might remarry her that day. Which reminds us, the Gemara inquires, Gerashin Kishtika Damya o Kahakama Damya. Is divorce equal to silence or hakama? The run explains that since the husband is aware that by divorcing her, he will not be able to revoke her nadarim, divorcing her without revoking her nadarim may be tantamount to a hakama of her nadarim, similar to silence for a full day. The more explains the practical outcome of this inquiry. In a case where she vowed and her husband heard, and he divorced her and remarried her on the same day. So once again,
The donkey driver who came to pick up his poor daughter who vowed as an Arusa and then was divorced and betrothed and divorced a hundred times that day heard her last Arus be made for her Nadarim that the first Arus could have revoked because he was concerned that divorce might be equal to a Hakama and he might remarry her that day. All right, so now it's time for Forbalabach Hazar. Daf Samach Zayn. So the Simmer Daf Samach Zayn is a sizzling barbecue. So here goes. The Nahamarasa who was hosting a Hafara barbecue. Barbecue? That must mean we're on Daf Samach Zayn. Sizzling barbecue. The Nahamarasa was hosting a Hafara barbecue where a father and husband intended to jointly mayfer her nadir, which reminds Gemara teaches that a father and husband jointly revoked Nadarim of Anara who is an Arusa. So the Nahamarasa was hosting a Hafara barbecue where her father and husband intended to jointly be made for her nadir. Was so upset when she heard her husband initially confirmed it before trying to retract his confirmation. Which reminds us, the Gemara brings a case regarding a father and a husband where one was made for the nadir and the other confirmed it. And he retracted it and sought an annulment of his confirmation, rendering the confirmation void. So the Nahamarasa was hosting a Hafara barbecue where her father and husband intended to jointly be made for her nadir, was so upset when she heard her husband initially confirmed it before trying to retract his confirmation that she tore down the banner with the Pasuk which reminds us Rabba's source for the joint Hafara of the nadir of Nahamarasa is the Pasuk and if she will be married to a man and her vows are upon her and her husband will hear and revoke her vow. Dav Samaches. So the simmer Dav Samaches is schach, and we often use sukkah for the simmon. So here goes. The Narmarasa was sitting in a sukkah sukkah that must be on Dav Samaches. Schach. The Narmarasa was sitting in a sukkah which had a light up decoration of the words Ben Ishli Ishto, juxtaposed to the words Ben Avlabito, which reminds us the Academy of Rishmal provided an alternate source for the joint tafar of the father and husband of a Naara who's in Arusa. The final Pasuk about Hafara says, These are the laws that Hashem commanded ben ishli ishto ben avlobito, between a man and his wife, between a father and his daughter, ben nuhurel beisavia, in her youth, in her father's house. From here, from the juxtaposition of the father and husband, we learn about a nara who's in Arusa that her father and husband are made for her netter jointly. So the Nar Marasa was sitting in a sukkah which had a light-up decoration of the words Ben Ishli Ishto, juxtaposed to the words Ben Avlabito, and was listening to Rechassan say that he does not have the right to cut off half of the netter she made on the Tukazesim of food, which reminds us, the more poses a question, Bal Megas guys or Makush Kalish? Does a husband, when being made for Anarusa's netter, cut off half of the netter when he's made for, or does he weaken the entire netter? The Gemara expresses a practical outcome of this inquiry if an Arusa made a netter, not to eat two specific kazesim of food, and the husband revoked the netter and she subsequently ate both kazesim, does she receive malchus? If the husband's hafar cuts away half, and the other half remains in full force, then eating the second kazais, whichever it is, won't kermalkas. But if the husband's hafar halves the strength of the entire netter, then both kazaisim remain prohibited, but not with the full force of the original prohibition to incur malkas. So, the Nahamarasa was sitting in a sukkah which had a light-up decoration of the words Ben Ishli Ishto, juxtaposed to the words Ben Avlabito, and was listening to Rochassan say that he does not have the right to cut off half of the netter she made on the two kazaisim of food. When news arrived that her father died and that his right to mefer, Nunadarim, was emptied out to Rochassan. Which reminds us, the Gemara presents a proof to the above question by bringing a lengthy brisa about the rules of Nisrokna, literally emptied out, referring to when one party dies and control of Hafara would potentially fall to the other. The first four cases are presented on this stuff, and the Gemara's proof would be from the fifth case brought on the next stuff.
Daf Samach Tes. So the similar Daf Samach Tes is soot, and we often use a chimney sweep. So here goes. The chimney sweep, chimney sweep, that must move on Daf Samach Tes, soot. The chimney sweep who learned that his afara of his arusa's daughter's netter from cleaning chimneys was Mikosh Kalish, and he therefore cannot be made for the portion of the chassan who died before hearing of the netter, which reminds us, if a father revoked the vow of arusa's daughter and the husband died before hearing of it, according to Beishamai, Chosar Abu made for Chalkoshal The father repeats and revokes the portion of the husband, but Beisil will say that the father cannot revoke the netter. The Gemara explains the Malchok is thus resolving the inquiry on the previous dove. According to Beishamai's Megas guys, the first party's hafara cuts away half of the netter, leaving the other half intact. When the husband dies, that half falls to the father's domain, and he can revoke it. According to Basilo, Mikosh Kalish, he weakens the entire netter. This weakened remainder of the netter cannot be transferred to the father's domain at the husband's death, so the father cannot revoke it. So the chimney sweep who learned that his afara of his arusa's daughter's netter from cleaning chimneys was Mikosh Kalish, and he therefore cannot be made for the portion of the chassan who died before hearing of the netter. Wondered if he can seek annulment of his afara, which reminds us, Rava asked, Yesha el bahakim or Ensha el bahakim? Is there a nomen for hakam of a netter or not? Do we say that just as one can seek annulment of a netter from a chacham, he can do the same with his akama, which is akin to a netter, which would reinstate his ability to revoke the netter that day or not? Rava continued, if we would conclude that it is possible to annul hakama, Yesha el bahafer or Ensha el bahafer? Is there even a nomen for hafara or not? Would it be possible for someone who had already revoked a netter rendering a void to annul the hafara and reinstate the netter? So the chimney sweep who learned that his hafara of a Zerusa daughter's netter from cleaning chimneys was Mikosh Kalish, and he therefore could not be made for the portion of the chassan who died before hearing of the netter, wondered if he can seek annulment of his hafara. But the chacham was busy dealing with the case of one who made a hakama contingent on a hafara, which reminds us the more discusses what if one made a hakama contingent on a hafara. Daf Ayn, so the symbol Daf Ayn is an eye doctor. So here goes. The confused receptionist at the eye doctor's office who told the young patient that her appointment was confirmed for her today, which might mean it's revoked for her tomorrow, and that her appointment was confirmed for her for an hour and revoked after an hour, suggested that perhaps she should speak to her father and Hassan, who each have an advantage over the other regarding Hafara. Once again, it's slow motion. The confused receptionist, the eye doctor's office. Eye doctor's office? That must mean we're on Duff Ian. Eye doctor. The confused receptionist at the eye doctor's office, who told the young patient that her appointment was confirmed for her today, which might mean it's revoked for her tomorrow, which reminds us, Rabbi had asked, if one said, it is confirmed for you today, do we say implicit in his words is the converse, and it is revoked for you tomorrow, which the Gemara now assumes would be valid? He then asks, if one said, it is revoked for you tomorrow, do we say imply that today it would be confirmed, and it can no longer be revoked? Or do we say that since he did not explicitly confirm for today, the revocation is valid? So the confused receptionist at the eye doctor's office who told the young patient that her appointment was confirmed for her today, which might mean it is revoked for her tomorrow, and that her appointment was confirmed for her for an hour, and revoked after an hour, which reminds us a final inquiry was posed, if we say, that confirmed for you an hour is not considered revoked because the implied hafar was not expressed, what if he explicitly said confirmed for you for an hour and revoked after an hour? Does the temporary akama make the netter confirmed, or is the hafar afterwards valid since it was on the same day? So the confused receptionist at the eye doctor's office, who told the young patient that her appointment was confirmed for her today, which might mean it is revoked for her tomorrow, and that her appointment was confirmed for her for an hour, and revoked 
After an hour, suggested that perhaps she should speak to her father and Chassan, who each have an advantage over the other, regarding Hafara, which reminds us, the next mission teaches that the father and husband each have an advantage in Hafara. If the father dies, the right to revoke Nadarim is not transferred to the husband. But if the husband dies, the right to revoke Nadarim is transferred to the father. It then teaches the relative advantage of the husband, that the husband can revoke her Nadarim after she reaches Bagras, and the father cannot. All right, so now it's time to conclude the pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one. Which stuff you know that the father and husband each have an advantage in Hafara? That's on Duff. Ayan. Good number two. Which stuff you know the source that the last husband may even revoke Nadarim that were fit for the first husband to revoke? That's on Duff. Ayan all. Good number three. Which stuff do we have a bright about the rules of Nisrokna, literally emptied out, referring to when one party dies and control of Hafara would potentially fall to the other? That's on Duff. Samaches. Good number four. Which of you learned that if a woman vowed as an Arusa and was divorced on that day and then she was betrothed again even to a hundred men successfully, her father and last husband may jointly revoke her netter? That's on Duff. Ayanov. Good number five. Which of you have a question if there is a nomen for Hakama of a netter? And if so, is there a nomen of Hafara? That's on Duff. Samaches. Good number six. Which of you learned the Academy of Rabbi Shmuel's source for the joint Hafara of the father and husband? Of a Narmarasa is the juxtaposition of the Pasuk Ben Ishto Ishto Ben Avrabito. That's on Duff. Samachas. Good number seven. Which step do we have the question if divorce is equal to silence or hakama? That's on Duff. Ainolf. Good number eight. Which step do we have a case regarding a father and husband? One was made for the Narmarasa's nether and the other confirmed. That's on Duff. Good number nine. Which type of question have one explicitly said to his wife or daughter confirmed for you for an hour and revoked after an hour? That's on Duff. Ayan. Good. Number ten. Which type of one we can make a Pesach Renetta for a person based on his having to pay his wife's Ksuba? That's on Duff. Samachay. Excellent. That concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Avram Golden Zichur. Wishing you a great day and great learning.